Good morning, everybody, and good morning to everyone online. Um, my message this morning is called How to Be a Perfect Christian. Jesus said, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48. So what does it mean to be perfect? First of all, being perfect is not the same as the pursuit of excellence. When we pursue excellence, we are determined to do our best with our given talents, resources, and time. Perfectionism, or being perfect, on the other hand, is a pride or fear-based compulsion that either fuels our obsessive, obsessive fixation on doing something perfectly or paralyzes us from doing nothing at all. Perfectionism can be a clinical disorder or a spiritual bondage, but as a rule, it nearly always has its roots in our desire for acceptance or fear or rejection. It can be pride-fueled. What will people think of me? It can also be a crippling fear of failure instilled in us by an abusive past or present authority figure. And if we're honest, it's sometimes a convenient excuse not to do something that is stretching or hard. The bad news is perfectionism is a common temptation we all face in our fight against sin. The good news is that God wants us to live in freedom from its grip on us. However, on some days, my self-judgment is much stronger than my confidence in his divine grace. And that leaves me feeling broken and useless. Fortunately, God is not surprised by our brokenness. The Bible reminds us that we are like clay pots. Isaiah wrote, You, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 8. The problem is that pots can break. We can be encouraged by a vision of Jeremiah. I went down to the potter's house, he said, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Jeremiah 18, verses 3 and 4. God has been reshaping us most of our lives, and he's still reshaping us. There is still hope. I can almost picture myself standing before my heavenly father with a handful of broken pieces, and I can hear myself saying, I'm so sorry. The potter did a good job, but I dropped the pot, and now I can't get these pieces back together. Please help me. The Japanese art of kintsugi gives me a hint of how God might respond to my request. In kintsugi, the artist takes broken pieces and puts them together using gold, silver, or platinum, making them more beautiful than ever before. 
and they are also considered much more valuable than they were before. Remember this, in the light of our own broken lives, we can find peace and freedom that God is the potter. And no matter how broken we are, how badly we've messed up, he is the artist who can take our broken pieces together and make them into something even more beautiful than before. In our striving for perfectionism, we become the primary focus. Not God, not others, but me. In our ongoing battle with sin, God is not looking for perfect. Can I say that again? In our ongoing battle with sin, God is not looking for perfect. I hope you're hearing that. He's looking for love and faith. He knows full well that we will be imperfect, no matter how hard we try. He is calling us to the wonderfully refreshing experience of getting our eyes off ourselves and how we're measuring up and onto Jesus. Hebrews 12 and verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He wants us to stop pursuing or being paralyzed by perfectionism. So we are free to pursue love and pursue trusting him with all our hearts. In God's eyes, we have been perfected by virtue of being joined to Jesus by faith. That's why the New Testament authors write, for by one sacrifice, one sacrifice, he, Jesus, has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. This is why we remember, this is why we break bread, this is why his sacrificial death on the cross is so very, very, very important. We are in Christ, we are one with him. That was Hebrews 10 verse 4. Because Jesus perfectly lived, died and rose again for us, he's already purchased our perfectionism. And God, though not unaware of the remaining sins that contaminate everything we do, sees us perfectly righteous in Christ. God sees you, God sees me perfectly righteous in Christ. Please write that down and read it every day. It is so important. God sees us perfectly righteous in Christ. We are free from needing to earn his or anyone else's approval through trying to be perfect. I hope this is as freeing for all of you as it is for me. In Christ, you are free. You are free to follow Jesus imperfectly. God doesn't want us to focus on performing perfectly. He wants us to focus on living out a childlike, dependent faith through authentic acts of love. For in Christ Jesus, the only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love. Galatians 5 and verse 6. So to end, 
and be free. Go. Love God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Nothing else has any value. And we can say that command so glibly. It's a command. It wasn't a suggestion. His commandments are valuable. They are true. They are for us. And if we love God this way, we will love our neighbors and we will stop focusing and keeping our eyes on ourselves. And our eyes will be fixed on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And we will stop living with the sense of, I've got to do everything. It's got to be me, 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 me. I've got to get everything right. Or this crippling fear of failure. I didn't try anything. I might get it wrong. We've got to get rid of those. And we have to know that in Christ, we are perfect because he is perfect. So I hope this has set you free. I hope you didn't have a heart attack when I announced that I was going to teach you how to be a perfect Christian because there is no such thing. We are imperfect, but in Christ we are perfect. So, we have some questions. What part of the message touched you? And think about it, don't just give a glib reply and go, oh, we do this every time. What part of the message touched you? Because I'm sure for each and every one of us, we suffered with this idea of having to be perfect. And then what are you going to take away from what you've heard? We're not just to be hearers of the word, we're here to be doers of the word. So what are you going to do about what you've heard today? And then this is the third one. Will you make yourself accountable to report back to someone next week? You might catch them on the rotary field, otherwise the week after, or maybe in your connect group. And just say how it went. We're a family. We're the body of Christ. We need to be accountable to one another. We need to hold one another accountable. Otherwise, what's the point of coming? We just come in, we have some tea and coffee, we have some fellowship, we sing some songs, we listen to a message, we go home, and some of you really come and tidy up. What's the point? That's not what it means to be a Christian. It means we're a family. We're the body of Christ. Grace is a family, and we need to be working together, holding each other accountable, helping each other. So please don't just take this away. Come back and go, oh, I really have learned, done, tried. So thank you very much. Enjoy your conversations. And thank you for those of you that have been online. I hope this has been helpful to you. And I hope you can find someone that you can be accountable to, that you can have an honest conversation with, and that you can really become all Christ has called you to be and get rid of of those fears or that pride or whatever it is that is stopping you from being all that Christ has created you to be.